You're listening to the Late Night Football Show with your host, Rohit Singh. That's me. On this show, we talk about some of the most serious, least silly topics from the world of football for your entertainment and enjoyment. Please remember that the show is BYOL. Bring your own laughs, since we don't have the budget for a studio audience. Happy listening. Hello everyone and welcome to this really, really special edition of Late Night Football. So special, we needed three weeks to prepare for this one. So basically, this is what happens when you get too excited to start the show and forget to hit the record button. At least we have made sure that it's pressed this time. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, okay, it is. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, it is a really special day and I would like to welcome our friends from Fox in the Box over to the show. Uh, For those of you who are not aware, Fox in the Box is a beautiful Facebook group of sports-minded people who, if you love sports, any kind of sports, and want to share your views on the latest topics or hear what other people have to say, or occasionally argue different viewpoints with other people, that is the place to be. Links are in the description below, so feel free to join if you are interested. It's completely free. All you need is a Facebook account. If you do have one of those, You can also like our page on Facebook. Links for that are in the description as well. All right, let's get into today's show. Unfortunately, Shashwat Mukherjee was unable to join us today. So we're back to the original four football experts that we had picked from the last time joining us today. Statsman, Adash Nim, a diehard Manchester City fan. Ayush Gupta, an over-the-moon Liverpool fan, as they all are right now. Nishikant Sharma, a somber Chelsea fan after what happened in the FA Cup and the prospect of what's going to happen in the Champions League knockout rounds. We're doing this before the knockout round, by the way, just so you know. And Samir Paranjabe, a level-headed Manchester United fan, and there's no bias at all in that statement. Welcome, guys, to the show. Hi, guys. It's nice to be here. Hey, guys. Hey, thank you for having us. Yes. Uh, Hello, guys. Thank you for having here. Yeah, it is my pleasure and honor to have you guys as well. And thank you for being so supportive. So it's been a great and unusual Premier League season, uh, not least because of COVID-19 and the lockdown. And then also Liverpool winning the title for the first time in 30 years, because that is unusual. Uh, I, I'm sorry. but, uh, but if you Almost watched, as bad as COVID. Yeah, no, and I'm sorry. But if you have been watching, watching the show, uh, you will know that uh, I can't resist my Liverpool dicks. But anyway, it has been exciting in some regards, like the race for the European places and relegation spots. They went right down to the final minutes of the season. And in some other regards, like the titled one, it was pretty boring if you weren't a Liverpool fan. Uh, and then there was VAR, which I don't even know where to place it, but we'll talk about it on, on this uh, show. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but however, the end of the domestic season is a great time to analyze things. So here we are. Uh, let's first take a look at the Premier League table. Uh, and as we can see, Liverpool finished top of the charts, well clear of Manchester City in second, the deposed champions. Manchester United finished third, which was only their third top four finish post Alex Ferguson. And Frank Lampard's Chelsea finished fourth in their first season under him. Leicester, heartbreakingly, missed out on Champions League football on the last day, but they and Spurs will play in the Europa League along with Arsenal, who won the FA Cup which means Wolves in seventh will definitely not play in the Europa League next season. They might still qualify for the Champions League, though, if they can win the the Europa League competition this month. And at the bottom, Norwich got straight back down to the Championship next season. Once again, spending only one season in the Premier League, they will be joined by Bournemouth and Watford, 
who had four different managers this season. And I was really classy of them. Uh, West Ham and Aston Villa survived for another season, as do Crystal Palace and Newcastle United, whose fans are still waiting to hear if the Saudis will take over their club. <laughs> um, and also congratulations to Leeds, West Brom and Fulham for being promoted next season to the Premier League from the Championship. All right, uh, let's begin with the champions and also let's get this out of the way first. <laughs> um, but Ayush, uh, how does it feel to see Liverpool as champions of England for the first time in your lifetime? Yeah, I know it. So the feeling is uh, pretty overwhelming and uh, I've waited a long time for this day. <laughs> Uh, actually, my birth year is also coincidentally 1990 when we were last time uh, champions. So it has taken a complete 30 years of was my life. So after you were born, though. Uh, I was January, January. Yeah. January. Oh, okay. My uh, birth is January. Have won a title in your lifetime before this. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's like Harry Potter. I have given, I have been given a birthmark by Voldemort, but I don't. I would. I will be the bird savior. <laughs> so similarly for Liverpool, also I. I initially thought that maybe I am the bad omen. So at least that uh, that thing has been put past it. <laughs> that that monkey is off my shoulder now. Yes, we are champions again. Has it sunk and, in? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 not at all. No, not at all. I mean the celebrations are still uh, not complete. I mean due to the COVID situation. I mean. We, we have not been able to vent our, our complete feelings, the overjoyness and everything. So once the things get back to normal, we will be on the streets and let the other rival fans also know that okay. who's the champion of this. Well, I, I just have to say thank you for arriving to this show sober at least, because I know that uh, most uh, Liverpool fans have been very much uh, been enjoying the celebrations. But on that note, Samir, as a United fan, what do you think of seeing Liverpool as champions of England? Uh, I'm, I'm not happy about it in some ways. Obviously, you don't want to see Liverpool win the title and get close to United because the whole uh, Alex Ferguson thing of knocking Liverpool off their perch now, well, they're coming back for it. So, I really don't like it when they win a title. But hopefully... Next season, with United getting better, we can challenge them and we can actually see a proper rivalry for once because that's never happened in my lifetime. I've never lived in a world where United and Liverpool have both been at their best. So, that's going to be exciting. So, in a way, I'm, I'm glad that Liverpool are good now, but I'm still not happy that they won the title. They've been good for two seasons, by the way. Not good now, but I, I, can, I can see that. No, I understand. Um, but, uh, so... It, it was really great to see Liverpool win the title in some regards. Um, and they did it in record time. They won the title like the earliest of any team ever in history. But uh, if there's one solace that can be taken by us, by rival fans, it's that uh, once they won the title, they pretty much slowed down. And uh, they were on course to break a bunch of records and they didn't break most of them. I think they called a couple, but they didn't break most of them, like the Centurions record, the most wins in a season record. Um, was that just uh, winner's fatigue? Or do you think there are areas that in that squad that still need to be improved for next season? Ayush? I mean, the squad building of this Liverpool team has been a great lesson for everyone, for every manager. The way Klopp has built the team from scratch. I mean, the team which was given to him by Brendan Rodgers when Brendan Rodgers left. To see that team come so far 
and uh, the signings have been brilliant the squad building has been just perfect the hiring the recruitment everything just gelled together so that we could make this uh, brilliant team which has dominated all over england and europe now so the mission has been accomplished but uh, to sustain it definitely the squad needs more improvement as you suggested that uh, we have slowed down a bit after the restart so it shows that uh, nothing is constant in football at least so these same players they are still there in their prime but uh, definitely they need some boost they need some push and the motivation once more to go again and uh, so for that uh, they need some backup in uh, forward area for the cover for Firmino backup for Robertson is must and uh, we are looking into the market I and mean, Jamal Lewis from Norwich I think is linked with uh, Liverpool and uh, other areas I think we are yeah we are pretty much our Lovren has left he was also an integral part of the squad I mean not in the first team but uh, at least in back rooms <laughs> in the back room, back room he was uh, like the best friend of Salah so I hope Mohamed Salah is not uh, angry with him. So, we need to be kept uh, happy for our good uh, I really rate the Jamal Lewis signing because uh, from whatever I've seen of him this season, he's just been brilliant. Like, he's, for been, he's, a, young, he's a very good player. guy that young, he seems to have a very good head on his shoulders. Uh, that's what Liverpool yeah, has been excelling. Read the news that uh, his bid got rejected the same day from of Liverpool. 10 million bid. So I mean, you will get it yeah. eventually because it's Norwich. It's not like they can run the negotiations. Yeah. Well, they might be holding out for fifteen or twenty. But um, on that note, others, do you agree? Uh, what 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 are gaps? Do you see any gaps in the squad at the moment? The the only gap I see is the backup gap because uh, Liverpool is a complete team right now, fully packed team. They have good strikers, good midfielders, good defenders, a good goalkeeper as well. They only need a good backup for every position, I would say. Because each and every position they have, they have first-team players. But uh, no other player is able to fill in those boots once the player is injured. For example, if you take Mohamed Salah, if he gets injured, the only left-foot right-winger they have is Shakiri, which has been a bad signing for Liverpool. Not in the price way, I would say, but in a performance way. He has been on and off, on and off for Klopp. And the same way for Van Dijk, if he goes off, I don't think another defender would come in and fill in that space. Lovren is gone and Gomez is there, who is a very good defender as well. And Matip is decent, but they still need one more centre-back to fill in that gap if the main player gets injured. And uh, this is the biggest thing which I think Liverpool should focus on, the depth of the squad. So, um, within, but, no, you're two, absolutely right in one sense that if Van Dijk gets injured, they don't have a replacement of that caliber. But if you sign a replacement of that of the Van Dijk caliber, you can't have them be a rotation player, right? You would have to be a starter because um, you can, you, yeah, you can sign a Koulibaly, for example, and then say, you know what, you'll play if Van Dijk gets injured. No, we're linked with you, uh, Mandy. Mandy. Yeah, we are linked with Mandy. Yeah. I think he's the center back. Yeah, you can't buy two players with same caliber. That's obvious. But uh, you, there can't be two stars in the same position until unless they are partnered there. 
But uh, they already have Joe Gomez who is stepping up for them with the partnership of Van Dijk. All they need is a decent backup because I don't see Lovren who was a decent backup. He used to be a, a disaster in the, at the back for Liverpool. He used to attract so many fouls and all. So they need a, still need a decent backup. And as I used to said, some Mandip or some other guy, I've never heard of him. Mandy, Mandy, Mandy. Mandy, Mandy, yeah. Mandy yeah. Uh, they're after him. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll be more comical, just like his name in the defense for us. So, let's see how Liverpool goes. What are your thoughts on Firmino? Firmino, a pressing merchant. Uh, I would say any other midfielder would fill in that position. I would say a skillful midfielder would fill in that position. This season, he has been a, a real off for Liverpool because uh, he is not able to produce goals. He had like two or three goals in this whole calendar year and uh, not even the best assist provider this season for Liverpool. And I believe if Chamberlain remains injury-proof for the future and plays in the same role, he can be better than Firmino. So, I think Firmino needs to step up or Liverpool can actually bring in some good competition for him. Because he knows that he can't be dropped by Klopp. So, until unless he have some competition in that position, he'll just perform the same way. The pressing way. I used to agree. I know Liverpool fans rate Firmino a lot, even despite his uh, lower statistics. But what are your thoughts on that? Firmino, I think, is integral to our team. He makes the whole team complete and makes everyone tick. So, he's the big part of the puzzle under Jigsaw, which Klopp created a squad around. So, you take out Firmino and replace him with Oxlade-Chamberlain or Origi or anybody else and the team doesn't click that way. I mean, Origi scores here and there whenever you think he pops up with a goal or two. But uh, when you, uh, as a Liverpool supporter, I watch the complete 90 minutes and not uh, give more uh, focus or uh, to the stats. So, I can observe that uh, Firmino, how he's... Uh, affecting the game. His small, neat tricks and flicks, uh, they make the opposition, uh, he drags the defenders towards himself. He drops deep down and Salah and Mane, they play as the strikers. So, he is the playmaker in this team. Uh, the midfield is, they are the workhorses. The Genie Van Elden, Anderson and uh, every other, um, Fabinho. These are, they, their job is to just uh, snatch the ball away from the opposition and give it to Firmino. And then Firmino brings the others into play. The wingers. Being a playmaker and still not able to get assists. Irony. No. He, Coming back to the whole okay. Harry Potter uh, okay. thing. So, you're saying Firmino is kind of like the Snape. <laughs> I think what he's seeing, saying is Firmino is what Jorginho was supposed to be. Oh. And probably better. <laughs> Um, no, his... but on that note, though, I mean, if we are talking that uh, Firmino is not, who who could play that role? Is, is there an is there a player out there that can do play that role? Wait, like I said, like uh, Liverpool doesn't have a backup for him right now. They don't have a player with that caliber who can challenge Liverpool. At, uh, sorry, challenge Firmino at that position. Who who do you so, think could be a player? Let's let's leave money aside. Who do you think could be that player who could challenge him? Who could play in that position? They wanted Werner, so they couldn't have the hands on Werner. So, they need to find a different striker whosoever it's available. Like, but Jovic, then Firmino is not a striker, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what I you said. He's not a striker. Yeah. But Werner would still, have been a replacement for uh, Salah, I think. Not Firmino. Werner is like a replacement for Salah or Mane, not Firmino. 
Firmino's role is more similar to you can say maybe in City who can like Foden or uh, Silva. What do you think no, about Ayesh? Yeah. What do you think about Mueller? Mueller. 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 Thomas Mueller is now old. I think. I mean, he's too old. <laughs> in his prime, definitely he could, he could do a job. He has twenty-one assists this season. He is not old enough. I mean, he's not tested in, but I mean, Bayern. That's Bundesliga is farmers' league now. So. <laughs> oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, I think we're getting a bit off track here, but um, it's a lot of shit. You, you got you got Firmino from Bundesliga itself, didn't you? From Hoffenheim. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you got club from the Bundesliga, let, let alone Firmino. From the farmers' <laughs> league is is your manager a farmer league manager? We are getting the best crops. Yeah, harvesting the best crops on there. Oh, that's actually a good one. Um, but okay, so based on that, then others, then do you think that um, if if you think that there are gaps needed to be addressed, do you think that there are gaps that I mean, is is there a way for other teams to get back in it next season? I mean, it was not much of a contest this season, but is there hope for teams next season to get closer? Yeah, there are hopes because. Uh, somewhere or the other, middle down in the line, I think Liverpool would lose the intensity which they lost this season after the restart, after they won the league. I think they'll lose that hunger which City lost this season because they have won so many trophies uh, within Europe and domestic as well. But uh, they still need to keep that momentum going, and that momentum can only be achieved with some quality backups. And they would struggle, according to me, the next season. Um, Nishikant, he talked about intensity, and uh, one thing that I know is that I mean, I know right now tentatively the plan is to have fans back on first October, but I I think it looks like there will be a, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, and there will it will be uh, at least a while before fans come back. Is that lack of fans going to contribute to their lack of intensity at Anfield at least for Liverpool? Do you think that's going to affect them? And that, that that I I think uh, the players have played enough matches right now uh, in this you know, same condition, they should have gotten somewhat used to it by now. I would expect that. They have played like eight, nine matches. So that should be enough to get climatized to the uh, empty stadium. So I, I don't think that should be a challenge. In fact, by October, we will have fans. Uh, that's, yeah, that's I, the yeah, hope right that's now. The, but yeah, that's the tentative. But... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hopefully th- that shouldn't be too much of an issue uh, for Liverpool. But uh, the point which uh, Adarsh mentioned about the backups, the lack of backups, that can come back to bite them because these players have played at high intensity for the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. The amount of points they have scored. They won Champions League, they went to the final that season, then they won Premier League uh, this season. So there's surely going to be some fatigue at some point in time. Right. And if you don't have enough backups, then that can prove challenging. Uh, that being said, I see, uh, you know, uh, it, it won't be that easy for them. Anyway, I wasn't hoping for it. I think City will bounce back. Uh, they'll, they'll have to, you know, invest in a few things. But I think uh, they'll bounce back and they'll be a tough challenge for Liverpool or whoever. I, I think it'll be a two-horse race still. But they, these two will be up there. Speaking of um, fatigue, though, I think Liverpool will probably benefit from not having to play any football this month. Whereas City, 
hopefully we hope they will go deep maybe they won't but maybe they will go deep in in europe and um uh, that that may be a factor as well but uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one yeah uh, for that but uh final thoughts uh then on on this one um ayush what do you think liverpool need to do to prepare for next season uh i mean klopp is a great uh, motivator so he must set new targets and break the old records which you could couldn't break this season like he can again go for century and again century points and again go for unbeaten our record at home currently is great so only next to chelsea's uh, record so we can hopefully continue winning and uh, at anfield and make it a fortress once more one very good reason for you to win the title next year yeah 20 right now yeah yes that is again a great motivation for us i mean this team is a once in a lifetime this such a complete you know, squad we have so we should make a, as much utilization of it as possible and win as many titles as possible so till top is here it's a good opportunity for us shikant anything to add to that oh yeah uh, i agree with what i said but uh, i think uh, they do need fresh legs uh, just to give some more competition even within the squad because these players have won everything uh, you know they've won domestic titles they've won european championships so uh, they can get complacent and klopp needs to be wary about that and couple of fresh legs but yeah i agree that he's a very good motivator that that guy is a very good uh, coach not just tactically but also the manual a very good hogger management skills Uh, yes very good defeat clearly hasn't humbled you so he's a good one so yeah he's a very good hugger and that will come to his aid so yeah any do you see any young players stepping up next season i mean we're talking fresh legs are there any young players in the squad that you would like to see step up no i think their first squad is really good but apart from that you know i haven't uh, i'm not very familiar with how good they youth academy is nobody, right now and how because uh, nobody yeah. has heard a good name from the liverpool squad as a youth prospect yeah. well, so, apart from the uh, liverpool fans that's not true. i mean there's curtis jones there's nico williams there's harvey elliot that's just on the top of yeah but if they players. can you know yeah. if we just count them as backup then the yeah. drop is too steep <laughs> between their current first team and that so they need something to fill in fill that in yeah no i so still they will you, need yeah i think i yeah. sure the right person to answer that do you see any young players stepping up from liverpool Trent is already doing a great job i mean let's not forget he's 21 years old only so he can only get better and his natural position is suggested to be in midfield rather than as uh, right back so maybe he can uh, jump into the center and uh, dictate the game as gerard used to do apart from that yeah, curtis jones is also showing great promise and uh, we have also ryan rian booster and guys like uh, harry wilson who is a great dead ball specialist so maybe if he sold we will get good money from him otherwise he can be a good uh, squad player like lanana because lanana is leaving so there definitely a gap in the squad and uh, the youngsters have a great opportunity to grab their places and impress club yeah, well especially if you guys don't have money to spend <laughs> Um but well, thank you I just thank you Nishkan for that response and well and that's enough Liverpool for one show I think we'll move on to uh the next one which is the Depost Champions Manchester City 
Um, and well, it was uh, Adarsh, what went wrong with City? I mean, aside from Lepo's injury, I know every City fan likes to use that as the as the main reason, but aside from Laporte, were there any other reasons that uh, that uh, City had such a tough time? City, City had problem with the mentality. After winning back-to-back titles, after creating so many records, after achieving so many appreciation from everywhere, and they lacked mentality. After the departure of Vincent Company, who was the like, sole leader of our club, he was the heart of our club within the dressing room and on the pitch. When he left the club, it was full void. No player was able to fulfill that place because every other player who was experienced as him, whether it's Fernandinho, Aguero, David Silva, they all lacked that leadership quality and that flair which was there on the field. So there was, there was no one to argue with the ref on the field if something goes wrong because the captain right now is David Silva. He was the one who was usually Usually fouled by the players, he was the one who was on the ground. So no one is talk, no one's there to talk to the ref about the foul. Uh, no one but is there to. Do you uh, need someone to give the ref for a foul? I... Yeah, I, okay. uh, because I believe I believe that it creates pressure on the ref because he knows that there is some players who can oppose him for the strong decision he makes because it creates a good balance in the team. Uh, it guides it guides the other players as well. It works as a motivation who can guide from back. So that's the mentality issue. There's a leadership quality issue, which we are having right now. And plus the defense issue, which we are having because Laporte only played like 13 to 14 games this season because of his injury, who is obviously a vital part of Manchester City. But uh, the other, the counter, the sub part of centre-back was mostly filled by Fernandinho, who is obviously in his who was over his age, he was 35 years old, he was being reconstructed to a different position from defensive midfielder to a centre-back, which is, which is not easy for any player. And no other defender is able to fill in that gap. Otamendi is past his prime. Stones is a, was a decent player, but until this season, he lost all his confidence and his form. And he is not able to bring that back as well. So we are already looking to offload him to other clubs like West Ham or Everton. So we need a decent player who can be with Laporte, if not better than Laporte, at least be, with their, be there with him. And we also need a leader to step up. For example, Kevin De Bruyne has some skills, has some leadership qualities. I think he'll be our captain for now onwards, if not Aguero. Okay, uh, Samir, I'll put this over to you. But before I do, I just want to mention to everyone listening that on air, we have a Manchester City fan saying that his players should influence the referee more. I know there's always talk about United fans who never there's City fans saying that right on air. So I'm just saying that. But Samir, your thoughts on uh, on A Adash asking for refs to be influenced openly and B on on, on the mental on the mentality issue for City. Do you agree with that? Uh, I agree with the mentality thing because uh, City didn't look like winners this season. Like they didn't they didn't play like champions. They had games where they were clashing opponents five nil and six nil. But again, they had games where they just lost without, and there, were, there was just no initiative whatsoever once they went down. It felt like they were clueless at points this season. And despite scoring more goals than anyone else and conceding, I think, less goals than anyone but Liverpool, they still ended the league with like a 16-point or 17-point difference, which is ridiculous for a team that 
on paper looks so good and has scored so many goals considered so few so i think mentality was definitely the biggest issue and also uh, i think you can say it's kind of the end of the golden generation for city with all their previous legends retiring or moving on with i think aguero is the only one left of that yeah right now it's it's only aguero even knows about so yeah. definitely i feel like it was a bit of a transitional year for them moving on from the past and trying to build a new squad with new leaders and better, uh, the, the same kind of um connect city city's regrowth was something which went like under the radar because we were still winning games with good margin and trophies as well if you see a squad like from before the pep it was completely different squad and after the pep it was complete it was redefined by pep basically all our players average age was around 30 and 31 and after pep's introduction the average age was brought down to 23 and 20 around 23 to 25 so that's a difference which that's a team which united has been trying to make from past 6 to 7 years that's a team liverpool has been trying to make for so many years same for chelsea but uh, city's development city's restructured uh, squad has went under the radar under the radar because they are still winning trophies and games with some good margins so well, that's the thing clubs we can't just spend 350 million dollars every winter oh okay Okay. Um, we'll leave, leave that one. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll come just on defenders. Yes. That is just on defenders. Yeah, we were unlucky with that. I would just say that because <laughs> I I can't defend not spending money. We were just unlucky with the spendings and the players and with our injuries as well. I take it from Samir. We the United fans know exactly what it feels like spending money and not being successful with it. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get to that one um but on that note i think i think you have hit some uh, talked about mentality issues and it is actually correct because city lost more games in manchester united this season make of that what you will um it was a very incredible start when i when i saw that um but i mean the one thing that is there is 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 that and there's another controversial thought from that came to my mind um, is, is is that is this a team in decline is this a manager in decline and um, there's what i read um is that most managers they have 10 years at the top with any given set of tactics and if you look at pep this is this was his 11th season and the next one will be his 12th he's never stayed at a club for more than 4 years he'll be staying for five his fifth year at city this will be his fifth year so is are there any warning signs there um in terms of uh, these things that people talk about when, when it comes to football is there is there a, is there a problem then ishikant in terms of uh, city being in decline and uh, pep being in decline? Uh, i think decline is probably uh, too harsh a word here yeah. they they definitely set the bar too high because they were that good last season so they are kind of guilty of that that's why uh, you know people are uh, now talking so much or are in so much or that city could not defend what would have been their third successive title uh, race so ideally it was expected of them that that they should uh, you know win the third one so they were kind of under the weight of that expectation as well uh, but there there are many factors like samir and uh, you know others covered those I, i think saying that it's just mentality would be oversimplifying it uh there are other factors you know they have lost company and they do, uh, simply do not have not re- replaced him you know not as a defender as a leader because it's difficult to scout for leaders you scout for uh, different attributes leadership is probably the hardest one to do that that for so 
you know, uh, that, that has been the case. And they have had some, you know, major injury issues with Laporte, Sané, Silva. Aguero has been injured throughout the season. I mean, during the course of season as well. So, but this could still score 100 plus goals. I mean, uh, you know, obviously uh, Liverpool leapfrogged them. But who actually came close to them? How, how much difference is there between second and third? So, you see, no one really came close to City. right? So, they were defeated by uh, one of the best teams I have ever seen in Premier League the current Liverpool team, you know, and probably one of the best in Europe. So I don't think, you know, decline is too harsh. And coming to Guardiola, you mentioned about 10 years. I don't think, you know, I think Guardiola has what it takes to just, he's building a squad. Like uh, it was mentioned that average age, age came out, uh, came down from 30 or so years to 20 to 23. So he's definitely building a team for the future. And he, he's too good a manager to be found out so early in his career. So. I think he he'll, he'll... Jose as well. Sorry, Samir, could you repeat? Sorry, Samir. A lot of people said that about Jose as well, but I mean, I don't think he's at the top anymore. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, that that's uh, that that is confirmational bias in on Samir's part. I'd say I don't think uh, uh, you know that's confirmation bias kind of thing uh, because I think by the tenure logic, logic, Alex Ferguson should have retired a long time ago. Don't you think so? No, no, that's what I said. Like with the, with the set. Well, Alex Ferguson didn't really have that good a competition to begin with. In the, well, I no, mean, what I meant is sorry, just yeah, to clarify. When I say ten years, ten years with the set uh, tactics, then they got to change it up, and so that was where Sir Alex was good. Was that he always changed it? Yeah. Years. So Pep hasn't changed his philosophy much um, in terms of style of play and all that. We know what we get. So that's kind of what I meant. I don't generally agree with it. I don't think you can ever put a timeline for people. Um, in terms of I think it's, you know, it's difficult seasons. for our managers to do that. You know, yeah. your, yeah. Your philo- if you have spent so much time in something, it becomes your second nature. Pretty so you much. can't Especially totally you uh, let go of that. that. Yeah. So you, you can't let go of something like that. But I think Pep has it in him to make enough tweaks. Uh, just enough to, you know, confuse the opponents at times. And they, they'll be able to, I, I think with a few new signings, they'll be able to come back into the board. I should say confuse opponents and confuse us as fans as well sometimes. Uh, so, Ayush, I mean, I think it's fair to say that Nishikan doesn't think it's a team in decline. And maybe that is correct. But then there were personnel issues. Um, was there... Are there players there that are not pulling their weight? Is it a case of Pep maybe underestimating the resources that he needed for, for the title again this season? What was what, what what do you think of it? I think it's a mixture of all the things. I mean, uh, the team is definitely on a decline because their golden generation is uh, has left. I mean, Company Silva, Fernandinho, Aguero is also just a bit hard player now. I mean, he's not able to play the complete season. Whatever he does, he manages to score a lot of goals, but still, I mean, he's not available for maybe half of their matches. But uh, Kevin De Bruyne is uh, like currently pulling his strings. I mean, he's a world-class player and their best bet. So on his day, he can uh, defeat teams on his own. So, but when he doesn't click, that's when Manchester City fell apart. I mean, uh, the the study which you gave, like uh, they have lost more matches than United. When in the last two seasons they were, they got 100 points and 98 points. Shows that uh, the other teams are better equipped to handle Pep's formation. I mean, they play with a low block, and then their defenders they are not quick enough, and Stones and they are not leaders. So 
any good striker like Aubameyang and these kind of guys were past, they can easily break the line, defense line, and score past Ederson. So these are the small things which are making the difference. And also, City is very wasteful in the chances. I mean, they create so many chances I see, and they squander so many chances. So they need a clinical striker. I mean, Jesus is definitely not the answer. I mean, he's just he's been there for the past three or four years, but uh, he's not been able to take the mantle from Aguero. So, once they are able to fix these small issues, I mean, uh, then already they have got a great squad. So, I hope they are not able to find those solutions <laughs> for the sake of other clubs. But, yeah, I mean, they have already signed Nathan AK for 40 million. I don't know if he's worth that much, but uh, he. Uh, is already looking for solutions, so yeah, it would be a good fight again. Well, 40 million only gets you half of Maguire, so you know, I think <laughs> on that. One of the things with when it comes to personnel is that David Silva is leaving the club after a decade at uh, Manchester City, a wonderful player, wonderful servant for the club. I actually remember watching him at uh, Valencia when he was with David Villa, and it was a big thing having two Davids in the same team. It's very wonderful to see him. But um, they are, I guess they're not going to buy a player. They don't need to buy another, a replacement for Silva because they do have Phil Foden in the ranks. Uh, someone who I remember hearing about, like, it's been three years now. I think it's been three years since he won the Under-17 World Cup. So he's been around for a while now. Is this his turn? Are others, is this his chance now to step up and uh, take that place and make it his own? Yeah, this is the particular time. This is the time what City fans and Pep Guardiola was waiting for. The departure of David Silva. As soon as David departs from City after the Champions League fixtures and games, it will be Foden's years and the Foden time for, for to come because he is the ideal replacement for David Silva in the City squad. And once David leaves, he'll be playing, he'll be pulling the strings for us. And uh, he's got that, he's got that rhythm, he's, he's dynamic there as Silva was in his early days as well. Silva used to play on wings as well, he drifted apart. And same with Foden, he used to play, he likes to play on the wings as well under Pep Guardiola. As he said in this recent interview as well, that he likes to be dynamic and be as helpful to the team as he can while playing on the wings or as a false nine as well. So he's there to help Manchester City get all the things done while being in a mid role. And even if he gets a bit out of form or if he struggles, I think it will be Bernardo Silva who will drop in the mid and cover up for him if he is not able to do so. But I, but as a City fan, I totally believe that Foden will be able to cover up a bit. Although David Silva is irreplaceable for us as a football fan, I don't think anyone comes close to whatever things he does, closing in the channels and finding pocket spaces. But uh, Foden is altogether a different kind of player. And I hope we'll adapt to Foden one day according to his strengths, according to his feet. So let's see how the future unfolds for City under Foden. Yeah, uh, Nishi, does it feel a bit like now or never for him? Because I mean, if he doesn't perform, I mean, I'm sure he's going to get his chance this season. But if he doesn't perform, surely City can just go out and buy another midfielder, right? So is is this season like it? If he doesn't, if he has a good season, he'll be in. If he doesn't have a good season, does it feel like the end of the road for him? As, as a start, yes, it does. It is now never, never for him, in my opinion, because he has been around the team for like last couple of seasons, right? And he yes. played a little bit more this season. But even 
you know it's not like if he plays one game he doesn't play the other game it's not he's not very consistent most of the most of the time he comes came by a substitute as substitute so it has to be his you know penultimate if not the last chance that guardiola gives him right uh, i don't think uh, you know i mean it's a, it surely is a big boots to fill david silva he is one of the premier league greats and uh, but uh, i think yeah he really has to step his game up because we haven't really heard uh, he hasn't really set the world alight till date so he will have to if he is going to replace david silva otherwise city will definitely be looking at a replacement if not uh, i mean maybe by next season if he doesn't perform the coming yeah. in the coming one yeah so that's the, the sad part of being at uh, a big club like city is that uh, you get a it chance is. if you don't take it then uh, there's yeah. always somebody else waiting um but well the same thing as we asked liverpool um we'll ask the same ayush uh, rival fan what do you think city need to focus on to prepare for next season they need to reset their goals i mean if they can overcome uh, real madrid so they will become favorites to win this season's ucl and uh, we can we can already see i mean what uh, champions league did to liverpool i mean we lost the uh, league last season also by a heartbreaking one point so if we had lost that uh, ucl final i mean it could have uh, shattered the team so but it gave us a spring uh, to bounce back and uh, go again for the league so we can do the same for city also so i mean i think they will be giving their all in this season's ucl and uh, once they are able to if they are able to get it uh, done this time and then they for the league also they will be prepared better prepared for next season Well, uh, to be fair, Liverpool had, the, had yeah. the good benefit of playing Spurs in the final. Um, I don't think City will have that advantage. Uh, they might play PSG, which may or well as well be the same thing. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll know more. What do you think they need to focus on um, then for the next month or so before the start of the season? After the season, they need to bring in some signings for the defender because that's the part. One defender is not enough. Yeah, obviously, one defender is not enough because we have seen Laporte's injury as he had missed. his this season as well a big time and he's only featured for 14 games so we have already signed his backup that is Nathan Ake who's a left footed ball playing defender who could we suppose like who could fill in his shoes when he is out and hopefully we'll buy another world class defender who can pair up with Laporte because we don't have one right now so once we get the shout of sheer curiosity Do you guys like? Are you guys required to sell uh, players in order to buy them, or is there like an uh, you know <laughs> infinite no, no. amount of yeah. resources available? <laughs> Because we, your we your defense enough. costs more than countries, man. There are countries <laughs> that would come cheaper. Yeah, obviously. No, we don't have that thing because no, we so have enough country, oil as a resource. Yeah, can they just buy Italy and then get all the defenders from there? The yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's probably going to be their next move with this. Buying Nathan Ake doesn't pan out. That's what they're gonna do. <laughs> no, if, no. <laughs> if the next move, if the next move doesn't work out, we are planning to buy Chelsea as well. So let's see how it works with Ibrahimovic. If you need defenders, <laughs> Chelsea is the last place you want to buy. Let me tell you that. The whole, yeah, <laughs> we're not talking about uh, just defenders. The whole club. Huh. Um, uh, if you invest so much money in mine, I'll be happy with it. Do they need just center halves, or do you also think they need fullbacks? Uh, center back is the priority right now because we don't have a good pairing center back with laporte and uh, if guardiola tends to go in the market for the full back 
it will be the left back because Mendy is a bit rusty after his major injuries, after his ACL injury. He has lost a bit of pace and a bit of sharpness in the game. So if there would be any other place, if there would be any other field which Pep Guardiola would invest next, it would be a left back because we badly need one. And Zinchenko is not an option because he lost all his form and his thing because he, is, he was never a left back any day. So we'll be planning to get a left back. If not left back, we'll see how Pep Guardiola tends to go because Cancelo can play there. And so if Pep Guardiola doesn't go in the transfer market to buy a new left back, Cancelo would be playing the next season as well. Oh, that's cool. Well, Zinchenko, speaking of Zinchenko, maybe he was taking one too many Instagram photos with all those trophies and those girls and forgot to focus on training. Um, on that note, we'll get on to Manchester United. Um, and uh, speaking of overspending and spending on players, uh, Samir, uh, after that season, are you in? Ole in? Ole out? Where, where do you stand? I've been since day one. Ole in? Yeah, because... Yeah. Um, you could see the difference in mentality that he got into the team from day one. He loves the club. It's not just a job for him. And that rubs off on his players because you see the likes of Pogba, Martial and um, a lot of, lot, lots of players who were just kind of doing their job are now playing for the club and actually look hungry to score goals, to create goals, to track back. I mean... Martial was always uh, called lazy because he didn't track back as much. But these days, you look at him, he's always making runs. He's always tracking back. He's covering up. So, that, it, like, that, that shows that Ole has what it takes to manage a club like United because he has the ability to inspire his players to play for the badge and not just for the money, which we pay a lot of. Yeah, for sure. Well, he's on a new contract. Uh, but do you think the, the assessment from the media and the fans has been fair towards him this season? Do you think there's been a fair judgment on his abilities, his results? Or do you think it has been a bit of an overreaction? Uh, I definitely feel like it was an overreaction because uh, uh, if you remember, we started the season really well. Uh, I think the first three games or the first four games were really good. And then we got the injury to Martial and we got the injury to Pogba. And tons of smaller injuries. Fred was injured for a while. And uh, it all kind of cascaded because United don't have a deep squad. We've cleared a lot of deadwood in the past summer and past few windows. So, we have a very thin squad. And those injuries really affected the, the way United had to play and the kind of chances that they could create. So, I think Ole did the best with what he had. Of course, he is responsible for the squad being so thin, but you can see there's a vision there. So, I feel like people were very quick to jump on the Ole out brigade because, I mean, he's not a big manager, right? He's not a big name. He's been, he's just some dude who used to play for us and now ma used to manage in Norway. So, definitely, people wanted, it, it, it almost felt like people wanted Ole to fail so that we could get a big name manager. I can think of a certain Argentinian name. So, yeah, definitely. I feel I'm like talking about Bielsa. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, no, I know. No, I know. I know who that is. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, he'll probably be a right fit at United, though, I'd say. Yeah. He's done well at one of them. 
Well, if you know anything, I don't know if a, if a, I don't know if a former Leeds manager would 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 be popular at Manchester United. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. I mean, we we uh, accepted Rafa, so I think <laughs> should be. Fine. Did you did you accept Rafa? All I heard was the fat Spanish waiter. That's what I heard, and uh, we are not. Well, yes, that was tough love. That's what it was. <laughs> we, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, he did well for us. I'll I'll just say that. Oh, he did, uh, he, well, he did yeah. well for yeah. He did that's, well for us. We thank him for his time. Yeah, so, um, that, that's that's where I leave it. <laughs> um, when it comes yeah. to that. No, yeah, um, uh, not just the media, but I feel like especially the fans were very harsh on Ole. I feel like the media still wanted him to succeed a little bit because of the whole United bias that the media has. But uh, fans, I feel. I feel a bit disappointed because he's one of our own and a lot of fans seem to want him gone way before they could judge him properly. Yeah, well, the only thing I would say is that a lot of the like, criticism wasn't just from the, the home fans, it was also rival fans who like, a, like anyone else, we all like a good role. So I think it made sense for that. But yeah. I always wanted Ole in. I always oh, wanted yeah. him to be the manager of United. Yeah, and, and why is that on because of his past results, he has been so helpful for other teams. Exactly. I, would, I would never say a bad word for Ole. There you go. That, yeah, see that kind of thing, right? Did you hear all the time. But on that note of transfers and um, squad carrying out, the one thing that uh, Nishikan said was that you don't sign players for because they're good leaders. You sign players because they're good footballers. Unfortunately, that uh, we signed Harry Maguire because he was a good leader. That was the only thing I could hear every time that you know we talked about Harry Maguire and, and in the media. It was we're signing him because he's a good leader. And four months in, he's the captain of Manchester United because Ashley Young went to join the ex-United, uh, ex-Premier League club at Inter. Uh, for some reason, Inter Milan like buying ex-Premier League clubs uh, players. Uh, but on that note, Harry Maguire, the uh, I don't know if you've seen much of him, but do you think he's suitable to be a captain of Manchester United? He's a good footballer, but is he a good captain, a good leader for United? Well, yeah, I think uh, you know he sometimes gets a lot more stick than he should. Uh, probably because of his price tag, uh, you know, and and one can argue on both sides here. But uh, I think, yeah, he he is good for now. Uh, I think he he's a he he'll be a good captain. Uh, you know, he 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 is pretty good at what he does. Uh, you know, he's a strong defender. He'll only improve. And you know, leading a club like Manchester United is not an easy task. And and we often. Uh, it's difficult to put the blame just on one guy because if you see any successful club in the Chelsea under Mourinho uh, the first season or Liverpool now, it's not just one player who's a leader. There, there is a, usually always a core of them in a successful team. So that's what Manchester United are lacking right now. They need, uh, they have some good uh, you, you know, younger players coming in from their academy. So hopefully they can be that core which has been missing for a while now because Man United were always a team uh, who, who had, that had a core of their academy players. You know? So that is something and uh, we, we need that more and hopefully those academy players will be able to give the leadership. But I think Maguire is good. Uh, you know, if sub, probably if they had like another other couple of such characters in the team, they'll gel well together and uh, they'll, they'll be a very uh, formidable, formidable team. Of course, they well. They do have a good uh, penalty winner in the team, according to more yes. fans uh, now. Uh, but um, the on that, keeper, say? I'm sorry. Others? The penalty merchant is the name. Is the 
key word you want to say right now? Yeah. Yes, probably. Uh, we'll he has been a key player a, for them, though. Yes, yeah. um, we'll get to that in a second, though. But one thing I know is that uh, Harry Maguire doesn't go uh, like uh, yell at the referees or tries to influence them for decisions. So I think he fails other Snims' uh, captaincy test. Like he's because not- because he's left left behind way too back. Yes. The players are scoring on the net, but he is on the half field trying to press them. And the celebration is going here. The the referee is beside the net, but uh, but Maguire is at the half lane, so he can't come here to argue with the ref. Well, that being said, Ayush, um, you seen Gerard, you seen Henderson do their thing. Do you think Harry Maguire compares with them? Uh, I think Harry Maguire doesn't compare with Gerard, but uh, he does have similar traits to Henderson. I mean, uh, he also comes back from small club, humble beginnings. I mean, he's not naturally as talented like as someone like Virgil Van Dyke, but he makes up it with his hard work and uh, ethic work ethic. So it goes well for this United young United team who have uh, some prime donors like Pogba. So yeah, he, they need a steady eddy uh, kind of captain who can keep uh, the egos in check in the dressing room also and on the field as well. Because uh, uh, Ole is not uh, Sir Alex Ferguson who can give a hairdresser treatment to his players. So, Harry Maguire can do that job, hopefully. So, so far so good for them. I mean, uh, he's uh, definitely a good captain for a top four team, any top four team. But uh, to be championship winning material, uh, he has a long way to go. If he can uh, stick together like Henderson did at Liverpool, I mean, he was given a lot of stick. Before and he is still he is given as he uh, some would suggest that he's not player of the year material, but uh, the football writers think uh, something else. So they definitely value uh, leadership quality and uh, hopefully Harry Maguire can also show that uh, you don't need to be Kevin De Bruyne talented, level talented to be a champion. You are absolutely right. He is not worthy of a player of the year award. Absolutely right, Ayush. Okay, okay. Well, well, he has been nominated. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. We'll get to that one. We'll get to that one. We have that as well coming on later in, in the show um, for part two. Uh, but, but, uh, but, I mean, you made a very good point there about uh, taking stick and being, you know, coming from humble beginnings. And, and that does make a, a massive difference in some ways, in some regards. Uh, but uh, speaking about... Uh, about just having leaders, and uh, have you have you seen other leaders emerge from this team, uh, Samir? Have you seen other leaders coming to the fore for Manchester United? We know Marcus Rashford did a good job over the lockdown. Um, we've seen Bruno Fernandes; uh, he was captain at Sporting before as well. Um, are there are, are those guys maybe future captain material? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think uh, Rashford can be a captain for us. I don't think he has the um, like he's not as vocal as a captain needs to be, I feel. Uh, but definitely Bruno Fernandes is someone who's always harrying his players and asking them to get in position. He's always asking for the runs. And in the same way, I feel Scott McTominay might be a really good captain for us. If he can make it to the first team, he's uh, been a bit dropped off recently. Uh, uh, yeah. It's just a stage because he's still young. And of course, he's challenging Pogba for that spot. So... It's not going to be easy, but I definitely feel he'll make it into the squad. And once he does, he's definitely captain material because you can see the um, passion that he has and the way he is always screaming and shouting to get everyone back in position. That's what you want to see from a captain. 
Well, I know Ayush, you said Pogba is a prima donna, and I know someone is going to be having words with you on that. If he's watching the show, he's going to have words with you on that, just so you know. <laughs> I just want fair warning. But uh, let's move on to um, the, the next thing, which is that uh, with United, the one thing that we know that the offseason brings is transfer rumors, gossips. Lots of them, United seem to be linked with almost every player on the planet. Uh, but uh, and we know, well, there is some real strong rumors coming around. We know United have just completed the biggest deal of the summer. Uh, and it's not Jaden Sancho. It was getting rid of Alexis Sanchez uh, from the team, which I think was much, much more important. But I think, what do you want to see? Who do you want to see come in? Who do you want to see go out of the, of the squad, Samir, um, in, in, during this transfer window? I mean, definitely Jaden Sancho. Come in. He has to come in this window because... Uh, we have desperately needed a right winger for God knows how long. And ma- even though Mason Greenwood looks good over the- there, I feel like his future definitely lies in, in the centre. Uh, as far as other than that, I feel like uh, it- it's a bit improbable, but uh, Thiago wants to leave Bayern. So, if we can get him and Liverpool don't approach him, <laughs> that'll be nice. But even other than that, Jack Grealish is another one. But I don't know if he is going to be worth the kind of money Aston Villa ask for him because they've stayed in the league, so they definitely have more power in the negotiating now. But um, I, uh, I definitely feel like United need a few players to as backups, especially in the right wing. They need a first team player, but definitely they need defense defensive backup because we saw what happened when Shaw and Williams got injured in the same match. And uh, we were playing Fosu Mensa and left back for a while. So, uh, I mean, he did well, but it's not ideal. So, definitely, I feel like a few more backups and uh, definitely Sancho. And if possible, Thiago. There's also Danny van der Beek from Ajax, um, who's also Uh, available. I can't comment on that, but uh, (laughs) yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Others, do you agree with those those uh, ins and outs? Do you think there are any other positions that United need to look for uh, players? Yeah, you, as Sami said, he said correctly because you need a pre-cooked player right now because United already have so many academy players who are ready to step up as you are giving chances to them one by one and they are stepping up. So, But right now, what United requires is a pre-made player like Sancho, who is already performing at a high level, Champions League and Bundesliga. So, they need more players like him, right? Uh, especially at right wing, which the deal is like, close enough to be disclosed to the fans. He'll be announced soon, Sancho. And uh, they need a good left back as well. Because I, I feel like Luke Shaw is not good enough to make up for United first team. As United would be competing for Champions League and Luke Shaw would be like far behind if a sprinter like Vinicius Jr. or even for Sterling goes towards the right. I don't think he'll be able to catch up with such players and would be suitable for that play. They need a quick or a more defensive left back than Luke Shaw at the moment. Sumi, so, do you want to answer that one? Well, Luke uh, Shaw, do you, do you agree? Luke Shaw's had his, had his problems with injuries and form, but... Ever since he's come back, especially after the restart, he's just been phenomenal. He's been one of the best players on the pitch, often overlooked because he's not involved in the goals and assists as much. But he's just been brilliant. Like, if you look at our back line right now, there is not a single position that I would change 
unless you know we're going insane and um, thinking of transfers that pro- probably and definitely won't happen. But there's not a single player that I would change. Not even Lindelof, who a lot of people point at. So I maybe, disagree. Maybe Digia. Maybe Digia. Huh? Maybe Digia. I'm gonna give him one and then decide on that. <laughs> Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Do they need to change goalkeepers? I mean, I don't think we need Absolutely. to buy one. Absolutely. They have one already. I mean, they have one already. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, but... Okay. They need to bring on Dean Henderson just for the competition's sake because Romero... I used to rate Romero high, but sooner than later, I realized that he is not a competition for Diga at the moment. Uh, same goes for Ole because he doesn't have the balls to bench the player like Diga, who has been a good servant for United for so long. But they still need a good uh, backup for Digia. And that would be Dean Henderson in my views because they don't need to spend another 50 million for any of the keeper or 75 million just like Chelsea to get a keeper. They have Dean Henderson for a backup. He can give tight competition to Digia for that first place. Right. Okay. Thank you so much, others, for that. And I'm sure um, if Mark Goldbridge is watching this, he's probably going to be really, really upset with you. I don't think he's going to watch it, though. Um, maybe if he is, I'll tag him and we'll see what he has to say about your opinions on that. Uh, Banishikant, uh, preparations for next season. What do United need to do off-season? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think they need a couple of players. Uh, you know, but they, they have really a good squad right now. So, uh, I think they need to... I mean, they, they need to... Do whatever they were doing after the start of the season. You know, once the restart happened after the COVID break, they played really well for the most parts. So they need to uh, continue in the same vein. And uh, you know, I think maybe a couple of investments, uh, not more, because they actually have a good team in my opinion. So uh, I think they'll they'll be uh, again challenging for top four next season. So they'll be there and about. Sameer, do you agree? Uh, yeah, definitely. I feel like uh, we're going to be closer to the top two teams next year. Not not necessarily challenging them, but definitely not a 33-point or 34-point difference. It's going to be a lot closer and uh, uh, hopefully we can challenge uh, in the Cups as well because that's been it's been a while since we've had some Club Cup glory. I say it's been a while, it's just been a couple of years. It feels it feels like a long time for a United it has, fan. It has been three years now since we last yeah. won a trophy. Since United last won a trophy, yes. Um, so I hope they can um, get to the uh, maybe a, a cup, couple of cup finals and uh, maybe the quarterfinals. Hopefully the semifinals of the Champions League. Although I'm not um, very confident about that, but quarterfinals they should be making, and they should they definitely need to cover the gap. Uh, to the top two teams and bring it down to maybe like a 10 or a 15 point gap at most. Sure. Well, Nishikant, you did say that uh, they should keep doing what they were doing after the restart. The one thing they should be doing, which they weren't doing, is rotate more. That is what they need to be doing. Well, uh, that, that comes down to squad depth as well. Yes. Right? And how many yeah. players they have had injury issues as well. So yeah. uh, that, that comes down to that. But, uh, you know, they, they have played really well. This team is now showing a bit of character. So, that, that is going to serve them well. Absolutely. All right. Uh, thank you so much for joining uh, me today, uh, guys. We're going to stop here for part one. I hope all of our listeners enjoyed uh, this uh, video so far. We'll be back tomorrow with part two when we'll talk about Chelsea, the rest of the league, 
and then we'll also get uh, your thoughts on the team of the season as well as your players of the season. So we'll talk about achievements as well. But thanks so much, guys, for joining me today. I hope you guys have a lovely rest of your day, and we'll pick this back up again tomorrow. Thanks for having us. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to that episode of Late Night Football. We need your help to grow this channel. So if you've been enjoying the show thus far, please do like and subscribe to this channel and share it with your friends, family, colleagues, neighbors, drinking buddies, fellow football fans, and anybody else you know or don't know. We really appreciate it. Uh, please also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We have the links in the description below and spread the word about us. Take care.